0: This is the last Sunday in the season of Epiphany. Epiphany starts after Christmas and goes right through to Lent. Lent begins on Wednesday this week, Ash Wednesday. And the Epiphany season is all about uh, how Jesus is revealed to us, how the scriptures say that we come to understand who he is. So quite literally, it's it's a whole series of epiphanies. So the readings talk about uh, Jesus being baptized and being revealed as God's chosen Beloved One, which we heard again in that voice out of the cloud, this is my Beloved. And in the season of Epiphany we have readings where Jesus is teaching the disciples what it means to follow him, how we're called to be salt and light in the world, So it's an important season. It's all about the light of God coming into the world in this person of Jesus. And then on this Sunday, the last Sunday of Epiphany, which we call Transfiguration, it's like the brightest, shiniest light ever, in case we haven't got the message, comes in the story of the Transfiguration. Jesus taking the three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, up a mountain with him and being transfigured. And I'm sure if you were listening to the first reading about Moses going up a mountain, you'd have thought, aha, there's a little something going on here. There's an intentional paralleling. Moses went up the holy mountain for an encounter with God and came down with the Ten Commandments after 40 days in retreat on that mountaintop. And Moses' face was shining so brightly. The story says that the people said, please put a veil over your face. We can't stand how brightly it's shining. And that's echoed in this transfiguration story of Jesus. They go to the mountaintop, and all of a sudden, it says his face is shining like the sun, and his clothes are dazzling white must have been an extraordinary vision for the disciples to to be part of, to see that. And I'm sure it was something that uh, baffled them. I think at first they were just excited, and so Peter says this nonsense about, let's build three huts so that you and Moses and Elijah can stay up here, and we can capture this vision, we can hang on to it. You know, this great desire to monumentalize things, build something special to mark the occasion. He's just babbling away. And then the cloud comes down and a voice comes, this is my beloved son. And at that point, as as I said to the children, Matthew says the disciples were terrified and they just fell to the ground. But let's back up a bit from the extraordinary details and look at the Transfiguration story as being about a vision with a message. It's a vision with a message for us. It relates to how we see Jesus and how we are meant to be as a community of Jesus people. We may not have visions every day auditory or visual visions every day it would be nice if we did but I tend to think most of us don't but we do hold a vision before us in another sense of that world we do hold a vision before us as a, a community of faith about who we believe God has called us to be and who we believe we are to become all through this Period of Epiphany, we've been looking at what our mission and vision and values are as a Christian community here at St. Aidan's. We've interviewed parishioners, and I'm very grateful for those who let us uh, interview them: Michael Van Dusen, Shelley, Adam, Kat, Colleen. And they talked about their journey of faith and how St. Aidan's has played a part in that. Our mission, who can join in with me? Our mission is to know Christ and make him known. Very good. Our vision is to change and grow with courage and hope. That's a very important vision. It's not one of those. Visions which sets out all kinds of strategic goals and numbers and things. Our vision is very simple. It's to change and grow with courage and hope. What we're saying when we hold that vision out is that we trust that God's Spirit working in us individually, working in us as a community, is going to shape us, is going to change us, is going to help us grow. We're not saying, this is who we are, and we always want to be just like this. We're saying our vision is actually to change. To grow, not necessarily in terms of scale, physical scale, but in terms of spiritual depth. We are meant, in a a very real way, we are meant to be transfigured, just as Jesus was. Not that I'm going to come in one day and all your faces are going to be shining white and you're going to wear Elvis suits. I would be shocked if you did, although it would be sort of fun. But you are meant to be transfigured into the likeness of Jesus. Each of you is meant to become, bit by bit, step by step, more like Jesus. That's the measure of our faithfulness. If I can see in you the face of Christ, if I can see in the way you live, what you're passionate about, what your heart opens towards, if I can see Jesus, if you can see that in me, then we're being transfigured. And it's not by our own goodness, it's by the Holy Spirit working in us. Being a Christian means being willing to be changed. Now let me tell you a story. When I was in seminary in England a long time ago, I was in one of those Oxford theological colleges. There were two in the city of Oxford, but there was one that was built eight miles out of the city, and it was meant to be away from the lures and temptations of the fleshpots of the city. It was, and it was built like a medieval monastery, beautiful architecture, and all the theological students lived and studied and worked and ate and slept there. You were in residence. So it was this intensive kind of pressure cooker, almost, and the idea was that as we worshipped together and studied together and got on each other's nerves and tried things and went sent off on placements and came back and reflected on them, the idea was that it would transform us. And to make it even more challenging, two years before David and I got there, the college had actually been amalgamated with another one. So a very high church Anglo-Catholic college, in the wisdom of the bishops, was merged with a very low church evangelical college. It would be like Trinity and Wycliffe being told, you're going to live it together now. Have fun. It was a very lively place. There were some tremendously passionate theological arguments that would happen over lunch and dinner and in seminar rooms, and there were the personal uh, idiosyncrasies that that, uh, people just annoyed each other when you're always together. But there's one person I want to tell you about. His name is Roger. He was maybe a little bit older than me, so maybe in his late 20s, and Roger was very set in his ways. He had a lot of difficulty listening with any kind of openness to a different point of view, whether it was about how we should worship or what you should believe about God. And I remember one particular day in the common room, uh, there was a sort of informal theological discussion going on, and Roger, you could see steam kind of building up in his face, and he finally jumped up and he said, I did not come here to have my mind changed. Now, the thing is, we're all brought into Christian community to be changed, to have our minds changed, our hearts changed, our habits changed, to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. And I often wonder what happened to Roger. I'd love to meet him now. I bet because his heart was in the right place, I bet he learned to change. I bet his mind did change. I know mine has, many, many times. Being a Christian is about allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us, to transform us. It's not about having one realization and hanging on to it and never ever letting it evolve. It's always a journey and a fluid thing. Here at St. Aidens, we have all kinds of opportunities to practice changing gracefully, because change is the name of the game. We had a year last year with all kinds of changes, I can guarantee this year we'll have all kinds of changes as well. Some of them we'll plan, some of them we'll prepare for, others will just completely catch us by surprise, we will not see it coming, but we'll have to deal with it. And it's like that in our lives, isn't it? Things happen, catastrophes happen, completely unexpected things. And we have to have the, the flexibility to move with them. Now, back to the mountaintop. The disciples, when they were overwhelmed with fear at what they were seeing, fell to the ground. It was just too much for them. And I think we often know what that feels like. You think, I cannot take this. This is one thing too much. And we just feel like putting the covers over our heads. But what happens next is very, very important because they're given two pieces of encouragement. First, the voice says, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And then Jesus comes up to them and says, don't be afraid. Listen to Jesus and don't be afraid. That's a very good mantra to have in your mind. Listen to Jesus. Take enough time to be quiet when you're feeling all stirred up and frightened or uh, appalled at what's happening out in the world. Take enough time to be quiet, to listen for that still small voice of Jesus. And you'll recognize it when you hear it. But you won't hear it if you just keep pressing on through, white-knuckling, maybe lashing out, maybe hiding. You need, I need, we need, to be able to be quiet and listen to that still voice. And then to hear the words of Jesus saying, don't be afraid. Jesus says, don't be afraid, I think possibly more than any other phrase in the Gospels. I'll have to check with Terry, but I suspect it's right up there. Don't be afraid. He says it over and over again. So what's our vision? We've got our annual meeting coming up. We're going to be looking back over the year. We're going to be looking ahead. I think what's most important is that our vision is that we will indeed change and grow but not digging our heels and kicking and screaming we'll change and grow with courage and with hope with a, with a trustfulness that God's Spirit is working in these changes in our lives especially in the most difficult times that's not when God is furthest away that's when the Spirit is doing her hardest work within you we change and grow with courage and hope So Jesus says, come on, we've got a mountain to climb this year. It's going to be mountainous, it's going to be rugged, we're going to get tired, we're going to get crabby. But listen to Jesus and don't be afraid. And step by step, we will be transformed into his likeness to live with his life.